Today's reading is from Luke chapter 2, verses 25 through 35. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him into his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. This morning we are privileged to have one of our own members sharing in the message. Lori Bennell and her family have been part of Pine Lake Covenant Church for many years. Lori has served in a variety of places, blessing this church and our community. She holds a ministry license with the Evangelical Covenant Church. And this morning, we're privileged to hear from you. So let's welcome Lori together. Good morning. Well, we're almost done with 2020. If this year for you was like this year for my family, it was full of loss and disappointments. We had graduations, weddings, job prospects, visits with aging relatives that just couldn't happen. And sadly, we also lost several significant people in our life, three of them to COVID. And it's just no wonder that people are having a hard time starting the new year off with hope. The U.S. Census Bureau did a study back in June and found that 48% of Americans were feeling down, depressed, and hopeless. If there was ever a time for us to embrace a message of hope and to share a message of hope, it seems like that time is now. This short recounting of the interaction of Simeon in the temple is such a story that brings hope and reminds us of God's faithfulness. So if you would this morning, open your Bible or your Bible app to Luke 2, to verse 21, where we will begin. We're looking at the story of Simeon. I like to collect nativity sets. You can see some of my nativity sets have just Mary, Joseph, and the baby Jesus. Others may have an angel. Still others, of course, have the wise men and the shepherds, and some have animals, sheep, cow, maybe even a pig. But none of my nativity sets include Simeon. Now, Simeon was an important part of the nativity story when Jesus was just about a month old. And we know that even the wise men and the magi didn't visit Jesus' family until he was at least a couple of years old. So it seems like Simeon should be a part of the scene. And probably Anna as well, who we read about right after Simeon in Luke's account of the nativity. See, the author Luke did decide to include Simeon. He was a Gentile and a physician and someone who was concerned about the details in storytelling. In fact, 
Some scholars believe that Luke even interviewed Jesus' mother, Mary, in researching the facts about Jesus' life. This story begins with Mary and Joseph being faithful to the Jewish law and taking three actions early in Jesus' life. First of all, um, as a sign of the covenant that God had with Abraham, Jesus was circumcised when he was eight days old. And they gave him the name Jesus that was given to Mary at Jesus' conception, that Jesus meant the Lord saves. Secondly, was the purification of the mother. Mothers were considered ceremonially unclean till 40 days after giving birth to a son and even longer when giving birth to a daughter. At the end of the time of separations, the parents were to bring a year-old lamb and a pigeon or a dove as a sacrifice. Well, if you were very poor, you were allowed to bring two birds rather than a young lamb and a bird. And we know from this story that Mary and Joseph were very poor, not even middle class, because they brought two doves to this ceremony. Third, in keeping with the directions from Moses in Exodus 13, established hundreds of years before this, Like other devout Jewish families, Jesus was presented at the temple as a firstborn son in a ceremony that acknowledged that firstborn children belong to God, the giver of life. This was established to remember that God was faithful to bring the Israeli people out of Egypt where they were enslaved. You see, Jesus was not born above the law, but fulfilled it perfectly as prophesied hundreds of years before his birth. At this time, there was a man living in Jerusalem, and his name was Simeon. Tradition has it that Simeon was 113 years old, but the text doesn't actually tell us that. Luke gives us a brief biography of Simeon, telling us that he is righteous and devout, or just and devout, and that the Holy Spirit is upon him. Well, this seems to be a resume to aspire to, righteous and devout and in tune with the Holy Spirit. Luke doesn't tell us what Simeon's position might have been if he was a Pharisee, a Sadducee, a priest or a common man. But this seems in keeping with as people get older, sometimes it's about their character, not so much about the positions or the status that they have held. But it seems likely that Simeon was just a boy when the Romans invaded Jerusalem. He would have many reasons why he was looking forward to an eternal hope, to the prophesied Messiah arriving. It had been revealed to Simeon that he would not die before seeing the consolation of Israel. What does that mean, the consolation of Israel? Well, that was the arrival of the Messiah that was prophesied throughout the Old Testament, most notably in Isaiah, over 600 years about before Simeon, during a dark time in the history of Israel when there was little hope and the people were prideful and they could, that they could save themselves and solve their problems without God. Isaiah foretold of a child who would save them from their sins. 
In fact, this is in Isaiah chapter 9, and you may have read it on some of the Christmas cards that have arrived at your house. For unto us a child is born. They were waiting a long time for this Messiah, and waiting is hard. I don't even like waiting until Christmas Day to open Christmas presents. Are you like me? Do you like to open Christmas presents on Christmas Eve? I don't like waiting in the grocery store line or on the entrance ramp to enter the freeway. In fact, I'm pretty much convinced that my Labradoodle Teddy is much better at waiting than I am. I give Teddy a treat. I put it down on the ground in front of him and I tell him, wait. And then he waits until I tell him, okay. Sometimes I put down a treat and I walk away and start doing other things and go into another room. And then someone else will come along and see Teddy just sitting there staring at his treat, waiting. But we like things instantly. Who else gets frustrated when it takes more than 20 seconds for a Netflix movie to load? But the people of Israel had been waiting for a very, very long time for the prophesied Messiah. Simeon, moved by the Holy Spirit, went to the temple courts when Mary and Joseph were bringing Jesus for consecration. Despite the fact that the big shots at the time, Caesar and Rome, the Roman Senate, the Jewish leadership, they weren't paying any attention to the arrival of the Messiah. And Herod, of course, was too afraid and paranoid. But Simeon, who was in tune with the Holy Spirit, recognized Jesus as the Messiah that was promised by God. He took him in his arms and he praised God. This was a baby dedication like no other. Can you imagine the hope and joy that Simeon was feeling? He took Jesus in his arms and he said, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you can now dismiss your servant. He was saying, now I can die in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. Unlike some who focused on a Messiah who would bring salvation only to his own people, Simeon recognized that Jesus would save all people who believe, Jews and Gentiles. And since you were either a Jew or a Gentile, that meant everyone. I'm reminded of this often because we have a Christmas card that was sent to us over 30 years ago by some dear friends. We framed it and it's a little Christmas jacket on a hanger with a tag and the tag says for all at the bottom it says how perfect it fits God's love for us the Messiah was for all people of course Mary and Joseph marveled at what Simeon said but the news Simeon shared there was bad news and there was good news this child is destined to cause the fall and rising of many in Israel, Simeon said, and to be a sign to be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your soul too, he told Mary. 
And of course this was true as Mary stood and watched Jesus being crucified on the cross before his resurrection. Certainly even today, as prophesied in Isaiah 53, hundreds of years before Jesus' birth, he is despised and rejected by man. His name brings comfort, but also anger to many. Imagine his name is used by many people as a curse word. From our perspective, pain and suffering is seen as losing, but Jesus is not losing. He's just playing a different game, the long game, God's long game, because in the end, God wins. God has the last word. He will make all things right. In fact, the entire narrative of scripture, the full expanse of the story, God who created the universe is in it for the long haul, the long game. Through Abraham, Moses, Daniel, and the psalmist, the grand narrative of his purposes plays out over generations, pointing to an eternal hope, pointing to a second advent, Jesus coming again, the consolation of the kingdom in full. We read also about this throughout the scripture and specifically in Isaiah, the Messiah will end injustice and conflict and pain. God is faithful. Many Christmas card, many Christmas carols that we sing, I found are actually about the second coming. I'm kind of guilty about not paying attention to the words, to songs sometimes that we sing. And actually, Joy to the World is one of these Christmas carols. It was written by Watts in 1719 as a celebration of Christ's second coming, a reflection on Psalms 98, verses 4 through 9. And what this song is singing about, don't we want it now? Every heart prepare him room. Blessings flow far as far as the curse is found. Heaven and nature sing, but we must wait. For we read in Psalm 90 that a thousand years in God's sight is like a day that has just gone by. But we are impatient people. We are attracted by shiny objects and quick results. We like instant gratification. We like to try to solve our problems on our own when we're tired of waiting for God. The easy win now, the path of least resistance, playing the short game. We can't be bothered to suffer or to invest in long-term relationships that take time. But the long game requires looking at things from an eternal perspective. The short game is tempting, but be careful because you will eventually lose. We will lose at the short game. To us, what looks like continued waiting and unanswered prayer, God may just be expanding our perspective beyond our current challenges and situation maybe even beyond our lifetimes, to the next generations. Certainly in Abraham's case, for many generations. God wins in the end, though. He is faithful. Just as Jesus was revealed to Simeon and Anna, God reveals himself to those who prepare and seek him in obedient faith, who wait on him.
Dave and I grew up in churches that sang the hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Perhaps you know this hymn as well. We chose this song at our wedding, and we've always enjoyed that it's come up when our kids were dedicated, when they had their first communion or confirmation, and even at funerals that we've attended, we're reminded that God's faithfulness is great. But sometimes I will admit again, not listening to the actual verses or thinking about the meaning of the song. I'm so focused on great is thy faithfulness that somehow I missed that there is a line that says, there is no shadow of turning with thee. It dawned on me. What does that mean? There is no shadow of turning with thee. Have you ever thought about that? What do you think the poet of the lyrics was saying? There is, are no shadows turning with thee. Well, it seems to me that as the world turns, as days go by, as seasons pass, there are shadows. In fact, things change. That's pretty much the only thing we can count on is things changing. They're always changing and they will continue to change. But God does not change. There are no shadows in turning with him. He is the same. And he is faithful. We can choose what game we will play. Where will your focus be in 2021? Will you choose helplessness or hope in God's promises? Will you choose fear or have faith in the faithfulness of God? You see, we don't need to worry about what is next. We stand before a living, loving God who is faithful. Will you pray with me? Lord, we praise you for your faithfulness, your faithfulness through the ages to all people. Your thoughts are higher. Your ways are a mystery to us, Lord. But we know you can be trusted with our hearts and our lives. Just like Simeon, may we long for you and experience joy in seeing Jesus. As we recall how you have been faithful through history and through our own lives. In Jesus' name, amen. <music>